Hello and welcome to another episode of Steedcast. Uh, today's episode, we are going to be focusing on myths and legends. With me, I have Mr. Tom Tit. Hello. Mr. Gene Jenkins. Frappertaining in the constabulary. <laughs> and Mr. Gareth Bizraburra. Fifth Beatle. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're still in lockdown, so we're still doing this Skype format. Um, so apologies for any audio or video. Um, issues that you might see um you know we can't really avoid it unfortunately um but yeah what uh what's been happening since the last last cast we done on the, the Kim, Kim jong-un's alive son <laughs> you changed your tune i haven't I haven't, I haven't actually looked up anything on that lately what what's what is the latest on he was on playing Kim? final fantasy for a while and then he was alive again <laughs> fair enough fair Off enough grid, did he have you heard Final Fantasy VII Remake? Pretty good, mine. Yeah, yeah. It was on offer the other day on Steam. I'm bothered, to be honest with you. I've just been playing Mordo constantly. Like, so it's taken up my life. Have they released half of it? Final Fantasy VII? Or the Azul thing out now? Why did I get the idea that they've only done half of the remaster? I thought it was the whole thing. Yeah, good God, the, the entire thing, eh? Hmm. Maybe it's you're you're managed doing a remake, uh, Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or an actual remaster of the old games. Yeah. Old levels and that. Well, this is it. If they're doing that, yeah. there's a game that relies so heavily on it, in the mechanics that make those games need to get it right. Then, like the Crash Bandicoot remaster, mm. oh, the mechanics, yeah, yeah. The mechanics were fucked. It was wonder, so hard. I wonder if they go into um, to have the same soundtrack or whether they're going to update it. That's, oh, what, I just, that's what I was just about to get on to. Um, it's actually up on Spotify already. Um, playlist to it. Same oh, playlist or uh, old? Same playlist, but apparently there's only four songs off the original playlist that aren't on it, apparently. Oh, probably. It's exactly the same. It's good going, it's good going. Probably copyright issues. I, I, I believe it was to do with maybe like copyright issues or, or perhaps they couldn't get licenses now, etc. I don't know. But every song but four. I think I think Goldfinger is on one of them as well, isn't he? As me, Richard, I, we're talking about Goldfinger. Wouldn't surprise me, man. You know, big pop. Goldfinger song on one. Anyway, moving on, yeah. Depends what game. Well, which game is it? Oh, one, one and two, I think they're redoing. One and two. Oh, cool. Three of the best soundtrack, I think. My personal favorite Tony Hawk was Tony Hawk's Three. That was yeah. kind the of. Port. I, I really, the really port liked good. Tony Hawk's Three. The fucking yeah. port on Tony Hawk's Three. You had Darth Maul as a like secret character. Or yeah. <laughs> I liked <laughs> Underground as well, even though that was the beginning and the end, essentially. Yeah. And Will Tor. Yeah. Will Tor was fucking class as well. Was it Will Tor? It was called when you go to like Russia and shit. It was like a uh, like a story, like you have all these cutscenes and stuff. Will oh, Tour is when, that, Will okay. when you play yourself, you create a character, and um, you are then placed in the world with like Bam Majera and Tony Hawk and all them knobs. And um, yeah, it's it's a good game. Maybe remember, going back like fifteen odd years at least. Uh, I remember American Wasteland. I remember that one. That, that came was after. pretty good. That came yeah. after again. I quite liked Wasteland. I thought it was decent because that had a story in it, didn't it? Is that the one where you make your own park or is that underground? Underground. And you can make think your own park on any of them, can't you? Yeah, Wasteland yeah. is when you're like oh, yeah, betrayed like... by your best friend or some shit, isn't it? Mm. And he's like, he, you know, he ends up being tag. a rival skater to you or some shit. You tag stuff as well. You spray paint stuff and all that crap. I think. Um... Joe Rogan's moved, didn't he? Because of the uh, the old censorship business that's going on on YouTube. He's moved over to Spotify for a bit more freedom and uh, uh, liberation from the the oppressive feet of uh, what's becoming the internet um, mafia. No, 
the big four, wasn't it? You know, you got your YouTube, your Facebook. Uh, that's about it, really. But, um, in his in Amazon, in his contract, he's got that they need to allow Alex Jones to be on the show, which I am over the fucking moon with. Even I think if Alex you, Jones is allowed on Spotify, though, as as it stands, I think he's blacklisted. It could be, but in Joe Rogan's contract, he's put that uh, they need to let him on with. And Spotify, Joe Rogan. Giving, they give in Joe Rogan a hundred million, is it? Hundred million, yeah. Hundred million, Christ! Insane. I know. But like a lot of musicians are up in arms about that because they're saying, "Oh, so Spotify can give a hundred million to Joe Rogan, yet they're giving me zero point three pence per per stream, like." You know what? It's 2020. You want to fucking try and be relevant? Drop off Spotify. Ta-da. Ta-da, Taylor Swift. Ramstein done it for fucking years, and now they're on there. You know what I mean? You can't fight the future. Put it on there, or people are just going to download it illegally. It is yep. what it is. Like, yep. You know what I mean? People are going to buy your albums. Fans are going to buy your albums, but a lot of people ain't. It's the fucking way it is. <laughs> yeah. Some people just cannot let go of the way it was like 20 years ago when you'd get like any old shit put out on a major label. they press millions of copies. It's no one gives a shit anymore. No one buys these. I think it's mainly the major labels that got an issue with it, and it's just kind of they're trying to filter it down. But there's only I think I was reading the other day that there's only like three major labels because those three labels own all yeah. the other ones below they're it. All owned by everyone. They used to yeah. be crazy. There's only three. Fucking umbrella, do they? Yeah, I guess it's like the um, if you look into beer companies. All the breweries, yeah. like the actual yeah. companies that own the breweries, there's only like a handful of them, really. Bulmers, Coors, yes, Boston Coors. So, yeah, not so much of a problem. Um, here, but, a lot of the craft stuff we've got is independent, but yeah. um, America is a huge problem where a lot of craft beer breweries are almost secretly owned yeah. by like bigger companies, which are then owned by like I don't know, fucking Coors or whatever. Essentially, yeah, you know. Into that segue. There's no fucking need for a record label. Unless you're like a niche record label or, you know, you're you're doing a certain thing. There's no need for a record label. There's no... That entire role has been evaporated by the internet. It's fucking... All you need is a a good booking agent. and um, booking agent. I I fucking hate booking agents. They're a fucking waste of everyone's fucking time, booking agents. What a fucking point... A, fr- a friend, a friend of a friend of mine was in a very, very successful band a few years back. I won't mention the name uh, because they've been tarnished recently. But um, he once gave me a bit of advice, and that was basically that you, you, very little you need other than um, a good booking agent or the ability to be able to get good shows, and the rest is entirely up to you. You, you don't need labels or management. Um, I mean, there's some bands that come out now and they barely played any shows, and they've got management and all this behind them. Yeah, fuck and, me and, off. They seem to want fame and instant success overnight, and that's extremely popular now. Um, that kind of mentality. Yeah, I know this and that, especially as I'm getting older, myself and Richard are getting older, we find that the young pups are creeping in now. It just seems to be, it's totally, it's a different mentality, it's a different mindset. But real fame in bands is now on impossible to come by. I mean, you got even the blackout when they were at their peak, man. You know, they were still working second jobs and all that. They, they You can't. You can't live off that, like you I'll just right can't. Back. It's um, it's a pipe dream, like exactly, exactly. It is um, and and people associate the fact that because a band is well known and famous, that, that they are, you know, that they must be really well off, and that's not the case at all. I mean, I I've spoke to several people who've, who've got to some level of of success within the industry that I know personally, and I can absolutely tell you that's not that's not the fact. Um, yet 
people still seem to be under the illusion of that that's the case. So it's the know. same with everything, though. It's like sponsorship deals and the the record deals that you get. I mean, uh, what was it? Um, what was that band from Merthyr that were pretty big at one point? Pretty vicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um. They were saying with Sony, I think, for a, for a mill or two, like you know, and that's yeah. that's where the money comes from. You know, it's it's not yeah. from people. I don't like. I don't think that did them any good, to be honest. I think they. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not like uh, saying anything bad about them, but I think it would have done them better if they kind of built it a bit more. So if they were around for a year and a half, yeah. Yeah. and then okay. then signed, then when they signed to them after they had all that stuff behind them. I think that yeah. would set them on a better path, personally. Get a foundation, like. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not, you know, like I said, it's not saying anything bad about them because they were, you know, they were they were a young band. They were only teenagers, and they were, for what they were, they were a decent band, you know, for intense. We're talking about pretty vicious. Yeah. How did I know that? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that yeah. they needed they needed to be allowed to build their craft a bit and to and to find themselves. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'd like to mention, but uh, our, our friends Rupert and Cecily was obviously the same kind of thing for them. Um, they had a lot of a lot of people swarming over them, and I mean, Reese will tell you himself that I don't yeah. think they were quite ready at the time. So, yeah, you know, it's the same kind of business there, really. Yeah. Did they ever so, signed to a, yeah. to a to a major record label? Like yeah, it was. I can't remember the label, but they were. It was, it was, a, it was a subsidiary of. Yeah. It was of, the same. Uh, the same label as Bullet for my Valentine, I believe. Oh, I think. Well, yeah, I think anyway. Uh, in other in other news, can I just stop you there. At the time of going to press, I know that um, Gene is expecting a, a, a child at any time now, so uh, I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah man, most maybe, maybe by the time that uh, everything airs and comes about, that. Um, yeah, that might have. Uh... Yeah, it will definitely be a band. <laughs> It'll be like the yeah. second week of June. We're in trouble if it's not there. Yeah, it's not you. Uh, Junior, I believe, uh, is the uh, working title, but uh, open to interpretation. So, uh, what's, what's the working title? Maybe Sean uh, Jenkins Junior. Sean Jenkins Junior. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, Jade. I was under the impression that Gene would call his child Kenneth. Actually, that's been floating about. You won't tell me, but um, Kenneth is is high on the list, definitely. The name's under wraps. I go by the, the kind of the dogs are called. Um, yeah, traditional like names. Dog, of course, but um, I know Joaquin, that um, I know that there's like a, an old, an older kind of fashion name and vibe element going on. So I'm just rolling with that, perhaps. And uh, I'm on his head there. You never know. During this cast, he might have to dart off and actually take a tour. Still, entirely like Michelangelo BMW 52A or something like that. Yeah, what the fuck? What was fuck? that name the other day that that chap um, named this baby and it was like squiggles and a couple of letters and stuff? Something like Ash Archangel. I think it's a troll, man. I think it's a troll. Yeah, Ash Archangel. It's a troll, though. It's got to be like. It's got to be. No, that Musk fellow I was talking about. Is it Eton yeah. Musk? Or yeah, Musk? yeah. It's, it's something like A E uh, X A 12. It said, it said, our shark. It's, it said, as our shark angel, isn't it? As you said, yeah, yeah. That's the name. That's the name to call your child in for supper. With well, that, is on it. Well, the the A twelve is a uh, the prototype of the SR seventy one, which is a stealth bomber, a, a stealth plane, which was codenamed the Archangel, which is. Ah, Tom just very well clued up. Really, very good Joe piece Logan. of advice when looking at <laughs> kids, kids' names and that. 
can you shout it across the supermarket? Yeah. <laughs> that is the key. That's the key. Hey, Brandy! Oh, Brandy! Do we have any other news? No, I haven't heard the news. I am also having my supper, if you probably haven't noticed. I just wanted to quickly say that uh, a couple of months back, myself and uh, and uh, Richard uh, interviewed uh, Mr. Alex Band of the Calling, and uh, that's actually got um, real good, um, real good uh, feedback on, and, and it's done very successful. I've had a lot of messages and stuff about it as well from various fans. Uh, I just want to thank anyone that has watched it. Uh, we will be doing other interviews spinning off at some point when we can. Um, yeah, and uh, there are other various videos, such as Tom's Mortar, which is very entertaining as well. I know a few, few people have enjoyed the Barry from EastEnders. I know a oh, good couple of people have enjoyed that. Yeah. You've, um, you may have also noticed we, um, we have Mr. Sean Williamson um, of EastEnders fame. It'd be like, who? Barry from EastEnders? If I was to say, do you Barry from EastEnders? Mm-hmm. Barry from Extras? Uh, Barry, yeah. Barry from anything you pay him to be Barry in. In case you did miss it, um, you can you can you can find it on our various social medias. Uh, we did we did have uh, Mr. Uh, Barry from EastEnders, Shaw Williamson, uh, featured in. Uh, he invaded my TV, son. I didn't know why he was on my TV. What was he doing on my TV? Well, exactly, exactly. But um, um, William Scott, Mr. Son. Thanks to thanks to anyone that has been checking the interviews out and, and other things we've been doing as well, because that's uh, that's really cool and very much appreciated. Because we did just hit three thousand views on it, wasn't it? Uh, today, at the, t- at the time of going to press, we've hit three thousand views. Yeah, on the on the Alex Band one, and nice, that's pretty yeah. cool. Which which for us um, might not sound a lot to some people, but for us, it's quite, you know quite a big deal considering we've got minimal subscribers and all that yeah. stuff on our YouTube. So it's it's really I mean, cool. I mean, people checked it out and liked it. So. In terms in terms of that, I've had a, a lot of people literally from all across the world that have contacted me saying how much they've enjoyed it and stuff. So to be accepted by um to by uh, you know, the fans of the artist uh, so well, it's been pretty cool. And I hope that's something that will, will continue down the line as well and stuff. I, um, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's randomly cool. Googled um, or YouTubed one of my old projects. Like, I'm, I, I do loads of like stupid noise and I put it on the internet and I forget it's there. And um, it's been re uploaded to YouTube by this like Mexican gore grind channel. And um, <laughs> it's got like fifteen hundred views and all these millions <laughs> of likes and shit. <laughs> yeah. People all talking in Spanish or whatever about it in the comments. I don't know what the comments mean. <laughs> um, I haven't had a chance to look them up yet. Well, that was interesting. That was an interesting find. <laughs> when you said three thousand views, you reminded me of that, and I was like, yeah. "Fucking one thousand five hundred views on YouTube! I would never get that many if I released something legitimately." Yeah. Like, What's uh, uh, what was that feature called? I would like to retain anonymity on that one. <laughs> it's one of many um, noise or go grind projects that I would not have my name attached to for it's various reasons. Not a name that we can't see on YouTube. No, it's actually a very straightforward name. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's not something I'd want to be associated with anymore. That's Is the fun of it. Are you really Ozzy Osbourne? I am Ozzy Osbourne. I never actually. Get Mike. I've noticed though that. Um, I, I just say quickly, and then I, I won't, I won't brag on her anymore. Um, I am extremely proud of the course, but um, I have noticed a lot of people and a lot of fans of, of that artist have been checking out other Steve Cash stuff we've done as well, which is amazing. Not just that interview, so um, that is really cool. The fact that pe- people have found us or myself from that video and and have. I just wanted to say thank you to anybody that has discovered us and is continuing to. Support us. Thank you very much. 
and uh, that's my piece said. Okay. <laughs> um, so I don't know if any any others have a brew in front of them. I don't know. Are you drinking anything? Any of you? Uh, yeah, I've got a cup of tea. It <laughs> tastes like Yorkshire. Um, no, it tastes like like digestives. Uh, I know the ones. I know the I know the tea. What yeah. tea bag are you Sitting there, do you, Yorkshire, Yorkshire digestive tea. Yeah. Tastes like digestive tea. Oh, good God, yeah. So I'm I drinking the PG at the moment. I'm on, see. I got a green I'm top. I'm drinking a Gross Bertha, which uh, is a Belgian wheat beer from Brussels Beer Project, which came in my Beer 52 box, which I was well surprised at, and it's banging. You've done well out of them boxes. Uh, boxes. And that's a really yeah, good that's... from in fairness. So. I've got a couple well, of I'm a Sorry, go on. Don't go. My bad. <laughs> go on, uh, shut up. No. <laughs> hey, I'm just laughing at Jenkins. This is brilliant. He's got his supper and everywhere. It's just chaos. It's this full, is fantastic. Full, full Sunday dinner with um, vegetarian sauce design. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got a cupboard full of Blanche du Nemours, uh, my favourite uh, beer, but um, I'm trying to hold back on drinking it all because uh, it's, it's extremely. Um, it's it's such so light and refreshing. It's, it doesn't last long at all. I can I can think I can down ten of them and it's, it's nothing, you know. So I got I got to hold back on it a bit. Yeah. Okay, so I think we'll crack on with uh, with the topic then: myths and legends. Mm-hmm. So, so the theme I went with this was quite a Celtic theme. Um, I've picked one uh, sort of myth slash legend tale from. One from Wales, one from Ireland, and one from Scotland. Uh, they, I guess, they're probably all well known in their respective countries. I don't know how how many people outside of these three countries know these tales. Um, I believe the first one that I'm going to mention is going to be from Wales, and I think this story has actually had a few, uh, what's the word? Sort Translations? Of yeah, sort of mirrored stories in other yeah. countries across Europe. I was Europe. just going to ask about this. You say they were like specific to these countries. I was just going to ask players. I say they're specific to these countries. But I often find that the same like folklores are the same in different countries, but they change up their names and shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Look at Disney, man. Disney and fucking, I don't know, pick one, like Snow White, for example. They're all German, aren't they? Yeah, I suppose yeah, Dis- Disney would be Welsh, German, yeah. yeah. Brothers Grimm, Sam. Brothers Grimm, that's Brothers Grimm. Yeah, um, and they're uh, more, more gothic style as well, and tend to be a bit more darker and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, um, stories and stuff. So the first tale is from Wales, and it is uh, the tale of Prince Llewellyn's Hound. As I know, Gareth likes to uh, get the proper name out there. I've been um, there. Yeah. Hello. Have you really, son? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Um, so the uh, the hound's name is Gellert. Um So I'll I'll read the story. I've got the full story in front of me. Now I will say before I read it, there's yep, a few chicken in the room. There's a there's a few iterations <laughs> of the story. This might be different to what you three Inter- iterations. In iterations. Riley Reed is this one? Iterations. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a few different iterations of the story. Um, and it might be slightly different to what you guys know. It might be slightly different to what um, any of you listening know. Um, but this is the story I found, and I'm familiar with myself anyway. Come on, mouse working. Okay. 
So, many years ago, in a castle deep in the rugged mountains of Erie, in the county of Gwynedd, lived a brave and well-respected prince called Llewellyn. This prince loved to hunt, and his favourite hunting dog was a faithful and fearless hound called Gellert. Gellert accompanied Llewellyn everywhere, and, and was always to be found at the head of the pack. No game was too big, too strong, or too fierce for Gellert, whose bravery knew no bounds. The prince had a beloved son, a swaddling babe, whose mother died in childbirth. Llewellyn had loved his dear wife and been brokenhearted by her death. His only consolation had been his son. On her deathbed, Llewellyn had promised his wife that he would cherish the boy, and this he did. He looked forward to the day when the two of them could ride out together, tracking the wolves and other wild animals found in the ancient hills and the dark forests of Gwynedd in those far-off days. That's for the sun. Possibly. Okay. One day, one day, Llewellyn and his men were preparing to go out hunting. The baby lay fast asleep in his cradle, his nurse in attendance nearby. The day was cold and damp, but a huge log fire blazed in the bedchamber and the cradle was covered with warm furs. The baby was safe and snug. Nevertheless, Llewellyn decided to leave his loyal hound, Gellert, to protect the homestead as he gently stroked the dog's huge shaggy head. Guard them well, Gellert, he said, until I return. Gellert's tail thumped the ground slowly and his eyes remained on his master's face until Llewellyn softly closed the door behind him. It was late when the prince returned home. He was tired but victorious. A sumptuous feast was being prepared as he strode through the great halls towards the bedchamber, eager to see his son and relax in front of the great fire. But as he entered the room, he beheld a terrible sight. Furniture lay upturned, tapestries had been ripped from their hangings and the baby's cradle lay empty on the floor. The luxurious furs had been previously covered, the cradle lay scattered nearby, torn to shreds and smeared with blood. As Llewellyn stood rooted to the spot, he felt the soft, warm, velvety nose nuzzle the palm of his hand. He looked down to see Gellert's trusting eyes gazing up at him. The dog looked exhausted but wagged his tail weakly. His head and paws were stained with blood. You wicked creature, roared the prince. This dog has killed my son. And without further ado, he drew his dagger and plunged it deep into Gellert's side. As the dog slumped to the ground, the prince heard a soft whimpering from behind the upturned cradle. As the dog lay dying, Llewellyn picked his son up. Too late, he turned to see the half-covered body of a huge wolf lying dead on the floor. Thanks to Gellert, the baby remained unharmed. Filled with remorse, Llewellyn knelt and gently stroked his faithful friend Gellert's tail, thumped the ground for the, slowly for the last time. Got a mouthful, sorry about that. Gellert's body was buried outside the castle walls, close to the river. The huge stone slab inscribed with Gellert's name still marks the grave and the village nearby, which carries the name Bed Gellert, which means, in Welsh, Gellert's grave. So, that was the story. It is a sad, it's a very sad story because it's back, it's it's yeah. So this is this is a story that in Wales it's commonly told in school, um, either in primary school or early secondary school. You you are told the tale of of Gellert the dog, um, and Bed Gellert is up in North Wales. Um, in is it is it in Snowdonia? No, is Gwynedd part of like Snowdonia area? Or is that? I have no idea. I, think I know Gwynedd is like a county, isn't it? Yeah, I know it's, it's up that area anyway, um, so it's quite far from where we are anyway. But um, but yeah, that's that's the story that 
that we sort of grow up with in Wales. And it's Gwyneth, Sam. Sam is Gwyneth. Yeah, I know it's Gwyneth. <laughs> I know. Oh, sorry, Sam. I know it's Gwyneth. I didn't know if it was like Parson. I'm not too sure on the whole um, the county thing and whether Snowdonia is its own thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that story is a sad one. And it's... Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd go as far as to say that might be the most popular Welsh myth. Do you think that's the most popular Welsh myth? Merlin. I can remember I can remember you at ten years old in primary school and being absolutely devastated and heartbroken by it. I'd be honest with you. And it affected me, it deeply affected me that story, like because you was thinking, Oh, it's a great story. And then the teacher says that and you're like, What? And then it's like, Oh my god, and like, yeah, it was awful. Yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure it was primary school for terrible. me too. Uh, I remember my grandpa telling me at first. Actually, it's one of the one of the only uh, vivid memories I've got of of him as well. Which was uh, it was nice to relive that. Honestly, yeah, yeah, there yeah. I think it was. I think year seven. I heard the story, but I'm sure that I was told it before that. But I remember being told in year seven. It's one of those ones where you you told it at some point in your life in Wales, anyway. If if, I've, if um, it, actually you know, been to the. Uh... <laughs> do, do you think the story? Do you think the story also teaches a message though? Of of uh, not not to jump to conclusions too quick, perhaps, yeah. or yeah. can you find any messages within, perhaps? Yeah, I think that, that's talk? it. What you said, uh, nail on the head, but there, I think. Yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, so always, always, uh, always uh, think look before, before you leap. Don't, don't jump. Yeah, don't jump to conclusions. Um, it's like um, well, he doesn't judge a book by his cover, though, does he? Because the dog is proven to be nothing but loyal and caring and loving to him for his entire life yet this yeah. prick of a fucking prince turns around and stabs him in the fucking gut like fair point, fair point. i guess but you judged him because he was covered in blood and the baby's crib was turned over so True that. it's like lady and the tramp and the rat seen that same thing same thing same thing essentially the tramp kills the rat they think they've knocked the baby over fucking kick the tramp out same shit doesn't so, get killed because it's a Disney movie. But a lot of um, a lot of people think that this story is true in Wales, and some people like to believe that it's true. However, true. however, so <laughs> 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 um, so where am I? I'm looking for my place now. So to the day, I'll read the little section that I got here. So to this day. A cane of stones marks the place and the name Beth Gellert in Welsh, which means the grave of Gellert. And thousands of people visit the grave every year um, and hear the tale. However, those stones are only 200 years old. Uh, there's a flaw then. So apparently, um, from what I, I researched, so there was a guy called David Pritchard in 1793 and he owned the Royal Goat Inn. And he wanted to basically get trade to his inn. So he he heard about this tale from on his, his travels. So he decided to basically marry it to this place that he was in to get people to stay in his hotel as a sort of ah. tourist attraction. He invented the tourist okay. attraction. So he adapted it. And he... Uh, yeah, and he, he done all. He knew about because um, Llewellyn, the Prince Llewellyn, uh, had a connection with a nearby abbey, so he knew that it was plausible. Abby Jones was his son, so he <laughs> knew, knew that it was plausible for uh, Llewellyn to be in that area. You know, so the tale could be true. But the the, the um, town is called Bedgarrett, though. That's where the yeah, stones are. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. They named the town so it would benefit trade to the town, and uh, yeah. 
That's uh, so Beth Gellert's only been called Beth Gellert for like 200 years. Well, yeah, thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, I assumed Beth Gellert had been around since I don't know, since yeah. the Prince's Castle or whatever. So he did. So he got, got the name Gellert. I'm sure. Yeah, he did. He invented the name Gellert. I got to hear. So he invented the name Gellert and introduced the name Llewellyn into the story because of the prince's connection to the Abbey, like I said. Um, but the um, but the parish um, the parish of the nearby church raised the stones and not Llewellyn. So that's it's similar to um, there's, there's a place in the Ronda, um on the mountain you may have seen it as you're driving up the town of Pandy, etc. It's called Penrys. Now the local legend there was uh, some kind of prince called Rhys. And he was beheaded, and his head rolled down the mountain. Uh, and I think uh, Penry's translated to Reese's head or something. Now, I don't know how much truth is to that, but that's I can remember hearing that story as a young chap as well. Um, Sounds like some bullshit. It's like the, oh, giant, sorry. the giant's bite as well, isn't it? Yeah. Giant's bite. Yeah. 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 That's another one. The story well, of which the giant What did you get told about that? Giant's bite? Yeah. They're the very... Giant. Even the old Giant's Gap as well has been called. It depends who you speak to. It's basically a chunk out of the mountain. Some people say that the Giants were fighting and one guy leant down and ripped the chunk of the mountain out and threw it at the other That's one. That's the one I do. And the other one is the Giant's bite is that the Giant fell, fucking fell and bit yeah. the mountain out when he knocked. It is, there's multiple versions, none of That's, which are true. That's the one I knew was the one that he fell. <laughs> really? Yeah. Now, now these are known as, as local folklore, I'd say. Now, this, this is purely all local folklore, so it doesn't really go any further than that, perhaps. And I imagine, as we, as we said earlier, though, a lot of towns and cities have got these local little folklores about things that have happened locally and stuff. And again, are probably similar somewhere else for another piece of land or sculpture, etc. It's bollocks. It's all bollocks. People just talk shit, don't they? As they you know. <laughs> it's like, um, did the white nun. Tom everywhere, everywhere has a wild yeah. cat. Everywhere has like, a wild, a wild so, uh, cat that escaped. Is so a fucking... Yeah, we had panthers, everything. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got a phantom hitchhiker, I believe, on the Rickos Mountain as well. Um, that, um, but uh, every mountain's broad is probably good, I imagine, as well. The White Lady, uh, phantom hitchhikers, all sorts. I, I imagine you, you've got that as well, perhaps. The White Nun for uh, the mineshaft. And how she haunts the area in which the mine existed you'd think nuns would go to heaven but there we go oh yeah there's some mad shit in um in Ogmore did you ever go to Ogmore for school trips thing where you stayed there like, I've been down there I used to work oh, by there so I'd drive down there on my lunch I know but like a box factory like on the was... Simpsons they literally went to a cardboard box factory on a school trip you couldn't write this stuff <laughs> 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 I remember in um, in primary school because you could have like a, you spend a week down in Ogmore and it's like this sort of camp. So we done like a camping uh, week in Ogmore, yeah. and they taught you how to camp and all that stuff. And that one was of, cold. And one of the tales down there was about was it the headless nun? I think I think it was the headless nun. I want to say the headless nun, where she fell off the the one of the coastline bits, the the things on the coast. <laughs> And lost her head, and she's been trying to find it ever since. I think that's it anyway. I could be Rest. mixed with another headless nun somewhere. <laughs> but, probably um, probably though, son. Nearly headless Nick, was it, son? <laughs> headless Nick, yeah. It's like the old campfire ghost story kind of job, I think, perhaps, though. But, but 
you think though, people down in that area in Bridgend and Ogmore, they probably know that story a lot better than I just told it. Um, yeah. So to them, that's their you know giant's bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Folklore, isn't it? Local folklore. It's an interesting folklore, one, though. Yeah. Like, um, and and like I said, the reason I chose the Gaelic one for the Welsh one is is probably the most popular one. I know you got King Arthur and Merlin and all that is based in Wales and. Uh, all that jazz, but I think I the King Arthur's place down here. I was actually going to talk Cornwall. about King Arthur. I, I don't know what I don't know whether that was a good opportunity to talk about King Arthur. Um, King Arthur, is it son? as I call him, Arthur Atkinson. Where you watch um, I was going to talk about um, the King Arthur one. Basically, I, I got a, I've got a few extracts on it. No, this is Arthur and the Magic Sword. Um, Merlin and Uh Merlin is in there. Uh, the dead king, King Uther, had been killed, not in battle, but because his Saxon enemies had been poisoned uh, from the water well. His throne was now empty, and there was no one to reign over the Britons. Uh, so, um, the nobles of the land was called in for a conference, which only aristocracy attended. Gape conference, was it, son? More or less. Some sort of um, senate, some things, each, each, man, each man was yearning to be crowned at the time of King of Britain. Um, so I'll skip a little bit. I'll skip a little bit further back. Um, so for the following morning, uh, <laughs> a, a square rock had appeared outside the conference house. In um, the centre was shaped like an anvil, um, and uh, I, I, uh, I believe there was just a sword sticking out of it. And the sword say, "Whoever can pull this sword out of the anvil is the right is the rightful king of Britain." Uh, so, I mean, uh, well, we know the rest. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big story, but yeah, all these men kind of, uh, you know, they, they try their best to, uh, to, 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 to get this stone out. A um, couple of hearty breakfasts, Jobby, which it actually says in here, actually. It does the gist of the word hearty breakfast. But, um, I mean, in the end, though, uh, Arthur was called. Now, I'm trying to find out who Arthur actually was at the time. Do we know who Arthur actually was at the time? I thought he was the son. King. He's Uther's son, wasn't he? That's where I can't see to find out anyway. If you can find out for me somewhere... There's a few translations Arthur where Arthur's actually a woman. Now, what Arthur did, though, I don't know what Arthur's previous job description was, but Arthur stepped forward. Uh, he powdered the palm of his hand for better grip and walked towards the square stone. He grasped the hilt of the sword and pulled. Um, and to everyone's amazement, the blade smid slid smoothly out of the the rock or boulder whatever you want to call it and everyone shouted Arthur is king long live the king long live King Arthur and, and even the noblemen um, chanted in the end uh, the archbishop at the time anointed Arthur um, as as the rightful king of um, Britain but I can't seem to find out where Arthur's previous job description was which has totally killed my story and I can only apologise um, so well, from what, what I Arthur knew what I knew about that tale was that he was Uther's son, and Uther was the king initially. Let's have a look. But then, but then again, I because obviously everyone knows the sword and the stone, but wasn't yeah. there the lady in the lake as well? The yeah, gave he, um, in the lake. Didn't he kill a dragon as well, Arthur? I'm sure if he was with that exact. Is, is that where the dragon came from in our flag? Oh, I got it. No idea. Arthur was. No, but I'll, I'll I get got it. it can, I, can I just can I just jump back in? Sorry, right. Arthur was the son of the king that had died. Um, king 
Well, it seems like they didn't need to go through all that fucking rigmarole then. You know, no, he was, a, he was a natural heir anyway. He was a rightful heir. Exactly. If Arthur was the natural heir, why did they have the whole everybody was, was fighting right. to be Game of Thrones style? Like, can I just say that I said Uther was he was Uther's son like about two or three times? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's no problem. But um, <laughs> I was trying to work out. I was trying to work out what his job description was, though. He was literally just a child that was born as as a king of a dead son. Then a king of a dead son. The dead, dead, dead king. king <laughs> dead king son. But this this is where my mind is blown. Though. He would have been the right play anyway, as Tom said several times. Once yes. um, I go through the business, I'm gonna have to look further into this another time. He also went searching for the Holy Grail as well, son. And that was, it. that was comedic, yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like how Joffrey was was uh, the the king, right, rightful king kind of jobby. Um, I don't know, but that's the story though. Ba- basically, everyone was fighting for a place to be the king. A rock was placed in a stone. There was some kind of competition of the time, I guess you could call it. To pull the sword from the rock, Arthur was. He could have been king anyway if he wanted to. He thought, I'll have a stab at that, excuse the pun. He pulled it out, and he was king, which, to my knowledge, he should have been anyway. And that's the story of that. Um, Arthur and the sword. I mean, there's several films, The Sword and the Stone and stuff, which I don't think I've ever seen. Has anyone ever been to um, Tintagel? I have. It's in Cornwall, isn't it? It is in Cornwall, yeah. Been there, yeah. Very, very interesting place. Beautiful place, actually. Yeah, Tintagel. Christ. I'm sure yeah, so, beautiful, beautiful scone. Uh, I'm sure yeah, I imagine they've got like an Excalibur pub or something like that. Possibly the Excalibur, probably. Yeah, uh, probably. Excalibur's all, in uh, Amsterdam. Or the, the sword in the stone. Sword in the stone. So, yeah, yeah. We've just two, told two Welsh tales, but they now. So mm-hmm. as you see, Wales is quite popular for these kind of myths and legends. To read it back in a bit. Um, there are several. And can I just say, the book that I've read from uh, is Tales from Wales um, uh, by the author Rhiannon Evans. And this is just extracts from a book called the Mabinogion. But the Mabinogion is a huge book of Welsh myths, legends, tales and folklore, um, which I imagine is a pretty hefty read. And I probably originally, uh, well, it's got to be, it's probably all written in Welsh, I imagine, originally. And obviously the transcribed versions into English and stuff. But yeah, the Mabinogion is, is the go-to place for... Um, Welsh tales and and folklore and etc. And uh, what I've just read to you was was brief extracts of me uh, extracting brief extracts from such book basically. Yeah. And both tales are in that, by the way. And both tales are in, uh, I believe, are in that uh, what what we just spoke of there. So yeah. um, I, I wasn't actually going to to say this particular story, but Tom actually mentioned about the dragon um, and how we got a dragon on our flag. I do have the story up here. If you want to hear that, I don't know if you. Let's do absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, way way back in the fifth century, the Celtic king, king, uh, oh god, Vortigern, chose Dinas Emrys as the site for his castle. So, fifth century was around Roman. Fifth yeah. century would Roman be Roman reign, wasn't it? Depending, uh, are we talking fifth century AD or? I'm guessing this was AD. It's got to be, isn't it? Um, yeah, Roman reign. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so from there, he hoped to escape the Saxons, but his plans for a fortress weren't easily achieved. Every night, the royal masons would lay down their tools, only to return the next day to find they'd vanished. 
and their carefully crafted walls had fallen down. And so it went on day after day until Vortigern was forced to seek the help of sorcerers and magicians. They advised that the ground should be sprinkled with the blood of, child, of a child born to a human mother and a father from another world. Nice. So, so this part now is about Merlin and the dragon's lair. So a search was launched and eventually the child found in Care Merlin. Oh God, here we go. Care Merlin, I think that's how you pronounce it, Carmarthen. Um, and preparations oh. for the sacrifice were made. But the child, uh, oh God, I can't say it, Merlin. Is it Merlin Emrys? It's M-Y-R-D-D-I-N. M-Y-R-D-D-I-N. Could be Myrthen, yeah. Myrthen Emrys was no ordinary child. Myrthen. Myris. So, Myris. My no, it's, it's I-N at the end as well. Oh. Myrian? It's Myrthin. I think it's Myrthin. I'd say Myrthin. Is it Pen or, or Pen? Um, <laughs> so yes, Myrthin Emrys was no ordinary child. In fact, he was Merlin, the wizard. Merlin convinced Vortigern that two dragons lay sleeping under a lake inside the mountain, and it, and it was they that were destroying the foundations of his fortress. Convinced the boy was right, Vortigern commanded his labourers to dig deep into the mountain. They did, as they were told, and discovered an underground lake, just as Merlin had predicted. Once drained, the red and white dragons lay sleeping. There, there they awoke and began to fight. Eventually, the white dragon fled, and the red dragon quietly uh, returned quietly to his lair. Vortigern's castle was finally built and duly named Dinis Emrys in honour of Merthyn Emrys, or Merthyn Emrys, I can't remember. And the Red Dragon has been celebrated ever since. So that's the tale of the flag. Now, I remember when I was younger, I believe it was my mother mentioned that it, this could be another story differently, but the Red Dragon was a Welsh one and the White Dragon was a French one. That's to say English. French. The French yeah. dragon. What the fuck was he doing over here? Well, exactly. But... You'd think English, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know any details of that story. But yeah, that's one tale of how the uh, the dragon is on our flag. So these uh, people are sleeping through dragon attacks every night? No, the dragons were just underground. And like their knocking basically caused the walls to fall. Oh, they were shagged, right. Yeah. Okay. I think the white woman was possibly English, though. Shagging low, do they? It, it, it could be English, but like I, I, like I heard... French when I was younger. Probably yeah. Um but then again, like where did that white dragon go? No other no other place has a white dragon on their flag, do they? Well one of Daenerys' oh. dragons white. Eventually. A lot of people say Wales has nah. the best flag though. It does. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, yeah. Wales got the best. a pretty cool Answer. fucking flag, to be honest, isn't it? And it was only in the was it the fifties that it became an official flag? Yeah, apparently it's bad luck. Well, like the old, the old Welsh flag. Uh, I, don't, I, can't, I can't, I can't expand on that. It used to be a black and gold cross, That's and it, then yeah. they changed it oh, to the. Um, That's the flag of Saint David. Yeah. Then they changed it to the the dragon, but apparently ever since the dragon has been uh, on it, it's just been brought nothing but bad luck. I can't really explain more than that on there. I remember looking at it years ago. I can't change their colours, son. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fantastic. Last very long, did I? No. Never mind, I did have that really unlucky kit rich, that grey one. They wore it, once, wore it once and they couldn't find each other on the pitch because they blended in with the crowd. Yeah, I had that <laughs> shirt. I, I had that when I was, oh God, yeah. I, I remember buying that shirt. It was fired only once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it was grey. 
grey with like red sharp root cam. I remember, yeah. I remember, I remember. Yeah, they changed the half time into their other kit. <laughs> Good job, they brought two, weren't they? I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's another really cool Welsh flag or sigil. Um, and I, I love this symbol, but it's associated with nationalism a bit, so it's a bit dodgy. But um, have you ever heard of the Free Wales Army? No. I'm going to Google this now. Yeah, you know the Free Wales Army? Free like Wales a, Army. Free Wales Army. So like free is in F-R-E-E. So it's kind of like the IRA, but they were for Wales. <laughs> right, okay. they, they wanted, they oh, wanted you like, got me Googling this? They wanted Welsh independence. Oh, and they took, they took this weird like eagle kind of rune as their um that's a rune definitely yeah it's um what's the name of that flag i forget what it's called um what what the uh, white and green christ no it's like uh it's called the air erwen erwen i think it's called it looks it looks like a, a repurposed swastika won't i no it doesn't it's a fucking no, eagle it's a rune that is it's yeah an eagle it's, rune. It's fucking... i love is that it... symbol the thing is, it looks, it, it looks almost Nordic, though. Well, it I does. suppose Celtic rooms were a There's one on the railway bridge in Chardreau, don't you? Um, but yeah, Free Wills Army used it when they were relevant in the 80s. Well, they were never fucking relevant, but like they were um, trying to be relevant. Through the um, magic through the magic of post-editing, I'll put it on screen now. Yeah. yeah. But it, that's a good show. It, but what I would like to know is the Erwin. This is what I've not been able to find out. Speaking of Welsh history, I've never been able to find out what um where that rune came from like i can't find anything about it other than the fact that it was used by the free wales army or within Cymru, however the fuck you say their real name in welsh what if it is just like two inverted swastikas no <laughs> feeling right <laughs> <tech. laughs> oh yeah maybe I, maybe it is a fucking swastika repurposed i don't know it looks like an old rune to me um i just think that's a really cool cool symbol and you know it's a shame it's not more Positively associated with yeah, Wales' system. Uh, the they blue do. tooth icon is a uh, two runes put together, literally meaning blue tooth. I saw the other day. Well, it's named oh. after a Viking. Is it Harold oh. Bluetooth? Is that it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. What was that? Okay. When? Oh, I don't know if someone said something. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anybody else got any tales? I reckon we go to Ireland and see what Ireland's got to offer. Or oh, Scotland, either one. Um, so Ireland is next. Oh, going. Big old place is Ireland. I never, I didn't realise just how big it was compared to uh, to the rest of, of Britain. Like, yeah, a wide boy. Yeah. Wide boy, yeah. He is a wide boy. <laughs> yeah. So um, moving over to Ireland then. Um, so this is, um, well, for anyone that knows me, they know that I am... Um, for all intents and purposes, half Irish with an Irish mother. So this story is kind of something that I grew up with um, and I knew from a young age. It's the, the story of the Giant's Causeway and how that came to be. Um, so, yeah, in um, the Giant's Causeway is up in Northern Ireland. Uh, I think it's in County Antrim, I think. Uh, that it's all these uh, sort of circular, not circular. Um, oh, the hexagon. Hexagonal, that's one. Hexagonal rocks. And they're all, you know, it's very unique. You know, you look at them and it's a massive tourist attraction. Um, I, I'd visit, if you're ever in Northern Ireland, I'd definitely visit it because it is pretty cool to have a look. And it's always flooded with tourists, though. But, and all uh, you nerds that play Ark, they're on Ragnarok up at the lighthouse. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, so this is the uh, the story of the James Causeway. 
So once upon a time, there was a mythological Irish giant called Finn McCool. Sounds like a Simpsons character, I know. That is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who got himself into a spot of trouble with a high-tempered Scottish giant called Ben and Donna, who had made a claim for Finn's island of Ireland. Enraged at Ben and Donna's claim to Ireland, the giant Finn McCool started angrily throwing boulders into the sea off the Antrim coastline in Northern Ireland. Inspired by the way they fell into the water, Finn decided to use his boulders to make a bridge or a causeway, a giant's causeway, all the way to Scotland's Isla of Staffa. Using his causeway to Scotland, he could challenge his rival to a proper duel over the fate of Ireland. So in a mythical world where size dictates winners and losers, Finn realises that he has underestimated his enemy. Ben and Donna is a giant, even for a giant, so brute force won't work on him. So Finn quickly returns to Ireland via his giant's causeway and decides the best way to beat Ben and Donna is to con him. Leaving the giant's causeway for Ben and Donna to find, Finn McCool's wife disguises him as a baby. When he arrives, when Ben and Donna arrives, he finds Finn's wife, uh, I can't pronounce this, I think it's Siva, I think, Siva, tending to her enormous baby giant, realizing that if Finn's child was this big, Finn himself must be huge. So the Scottish giant Ben and Donna hurries away, retreating back to Scotland with his tail between his legs. As he hurries home, he frantically tears bits away from the causeway, severing all ties between Scotland and Ireland to prevent Finn McCool following home as he retreats as he retreats to the Fingal's Cave off the Isle of Staffa. And that's the tale of the Giant's Causeway. It sounds like Burroughs' favourite movie that was never made. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Interestingly as well, Fingal's Cave... Um, in Scotland, has the same rock formations as um, Giant's Causeway. Well, no shit, that's nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now. Do, do you know why they're uh, the, the the they formed that way? It's uh, volcanic, I believe. I think it's caused by some sort of volcanic eruption thousands and thousands of years ago, and uh, that's how they uh, came to be initially. Ireland's got some wonderful ghost tales and stories. Though I can yeah. remember we visited Ireland. Was it last year? Possibly the year before. And now uh, we went to Blarney Castle, and obviously with the home of the Blarney Stone. Yeah. And I bought a wonderful book there, big huge book on on ghost tales, and it's fabulous. It's got some really, really, uh, really rich tales of ghost stories and some things. It's very, very good, very good. Do you have any doulahans in there, son? A couple of doulahans in there, son. A few, two. Cracking. So yeah, they do actually. Gar, they do think it was like millions of years ago, not thousands. My bad. Uh, that oh, doesn't. Make- does does make more sense, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, we talked about yeah. dinosaur time. Yeah. Um, so, but it, like I said, it was volcanic, um, just lava basically yeah. protruding upwards. Um, so it was just an intense period of volcanic activity, rapidly cooling lava contracted, and differences in the cooling rate led to the formation of hexagonal basalt columns. Seems it's pretty intricate. Like it's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. It's. it's um, um, so, yes, yeah, uh, it's it's a pretty cool place to visit, though, and and you can climb up the um, the steps only to a certain point on certain days, though, because they got people there. Because I remember I tried climbing up, and I went, I went up a route that you apparently shouldn't have gone up, and I got shouted at and told to come down when I was climbing. Uh, high vis, son. Uh, Walking a high vis, son. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Good call. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But yeah, I, I, I've been told that. I've been told that story. Oh God, years and years and years ago when I was a kid. Um, I think I visited the causeway three times. I think I think I've been there three times. How much recent have you been there, man? Uh, the year before last. Oh, there we go. Quite recent then. I'd Quite love recent. to go there. I'd absolutely love to go there. Should the opportunity come up on our travels again, I'd love to. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. But we'll um, certainly go there. I, I went there with my um, my sister and my brother-in-law and uh, my niece. So I had right. some pictures there and, and all sorts. But yes, uh, what do you what do you think of the uh, of that tale then? First time I've heard it. Say that yeah. I've never heard that one before either. Yeah. It's folklore again, really. It's Irish folklore, perhaps. So it's, yeah, it's classic Irish though, you know, with the with the, the comedy and all that and yeah. it's, it's good. I like how it's basically a story of how like an Irishman is a massive con man. <laughs> you, know, you know. One of our most, you know, famed stories in Ireland is about how we conned someone into believing something <laughs> true. There we go. Yeah. An enjoyable tale. Definitely, definitely an enjoyable tale. And and uh, and yeah, it just made me want to want to go and see it as well. I'd like to go and see it sometime. Definitely. Yeah, we um, there are other tales in Ireland, but um, that one in particular is one that I knew quite well anyway. So I thought I'd add that one in. Um, I don't yeah. have any others from Ireland to hand either, unfortunately. Um, I mainly look at the Welsh ones, but yeah, that's uh, the old one from uh, from Ireland. Would you say though? Would you say though it ties in with the kind of like Celtic kind of folklore, perhaps as well, which is the big oh, margin? Yeah. With well, it kind of it it kind of crosses into Scottish folklore, doesn't it? Because it's a Scottish giant yeah. as well. And I, I actually don't know if there's a tale from the opposite end, <laughs> whether they have one in Scotland. Mm. About they do have. Um, there is something about the what's it called, Fingal's Cave. There is something about that. Oh, so around 250 AD, uh, Finn McCamahal or Fingal was possibly an Irish general who had a band of faithful warriors, a Celtic parallel to King Arthur and his round table. Um, so he was the father, yeah, being the father of Oshan, traditional bard of the Gaels. The Gaels migrated into Scotland from Ireland until the Norsemen began their raids on the Scottish coast. And the stories of Fingal would, uh, Fingal would doubtless have come across, so, across to, soon became revered in Scotland and boosted the Osanic hero verse and songs. So I think it's basically, I think that guy, Oshan, he is like a, some sort of folklore hero in Scotland, I'm guessing. And Fingal's Cave is sort of named after his dad. No? Fingal is supposed to be the father. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Apparently. So, But there's no... Um, apparently as well, I just found out that the... Um, the tale of the Giant's Causeway was written by a Scottish poet, so which is interesting. Yeah, as like a diss, maybe a larger level of of Beth Gellertness to it, or something. Respect. Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of a. So it did tell a story of an Irishman caught in a Scotsman, but it also it also told the story of Scotsman being a lot tougher than an Irishman. Forget what I mean. Yeah, 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 and better, but. You know, that's uh, it's a bard's tale, isn't it? Really, yeah, yeah, it's a tale of vanity, son. Aye, um, so I, I, 
I don't know if any of you guys have any Irish ones. I don't think you do, do you? I don't think I you guys don't know, know anything about the Irish stuff, I'll be honest uh, with you. No, a little bit about a Doolahan. It's not really a tale or anything, though. It's more of a um, more of a ghost, like, so I don't think it'll really fit, to be honest with you. I don't really know a story about it either. I just know what it is. So it's, it's pretty rubbish. I don't know why I'm talking. <laughs> do you want to go on to Scotland? Yeah, I was going to list a few sort of... Um, I guess characters like like you said, you know, you know the characters. There's no story, but people know about them. But I thought there's no point really. I, I, I like I, I didn't really want to clutter it up with uh, <laughs> lots of little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe for a different day that is. Um, but the Scottish one is actually a, a really recent one. Um, so this is this circulated back in the 1950s. So this is a very recent one, and it's about the Gobbles Vampire. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the Gobbles Vampire before. I haven't, no. Is this something to do with Hitler? No. Goebbels. Goebbels. So, back in the 50s, uh, 1950s, the Goebbels area of Glasgow was being terrorised. Stories have been circulating in the Goebbels about missing children, believed killed, the culprit was said to be a seven-foot vampire with iron teeth lurking in the southern necropolis. Fucking hell. The adults wouldn't believe the kids, so the kids decided to deal with the monster once and for all by themselves. In 1954, hundreds of young kids from the Gobbles area of Glasgow swarmed into the creepy necropolis graveyard. The police were called to mo- but couldn't move the children. It took, a local- it took a local head teacher to finally disperse the crowd. So local historians believe the mass panic stemmed from a legend of, legend of Jenny Wee, no, Je- sorry, this is like a, pr- a pronunciation thing. Jenny with, with the iron teeth. So with the iron teeth. Um, yeah, uh, a murderous ghost said to haunt the Glasgow Green. There was also an American comic book um, at the time entitled The Vampire with the Iron Teeth. After the story appeared in the local press, it gained worldwide coverage. An unlikely alliance of Christians, communists, and the National Union of Teachers blamed imported American horror comic books as the masses for the mass hysteria. <laughs> what? The, cam- the campaign ultimately reached Parliament, resulting in the 1955 Children and Young Persons Harmful Publications Act, which still stands today. There we go. Um, a stage play and a graphic novel have told the story of the Goebbels vampire and a large mural of the beast guards the local railway arch in Glasgow. Yeah, that's brilliant. So it was like, <laughs> it's, it's a story, like whether it's a myth uh, is to be believed. But I guess if you were one of those kids back in the day, you actually believed that was there, you know, and yeah. maybe oh, no, if any... Any well, I'm sure some of them are still alive today. They would probably say, "Yeah, it was real." You know, maybe, maybe they thought they saw it or all that stuff. But I thought that was a really interesting one. I thought, especially in the Steegs, because we like stuff like this, um, especially with it, it coming into comic books and sort of like the the paranormal horror element of it as well. It's uh, it's all pretty cool. Like, but how how it it actually <laughs> it actually ended up becoming some sort of publications act, you know. In Parliament, they went to Parliament, that it ended up just you know resulting in this thing. That's that today. It's, a, it's a cracking story. I thought it was brilliant. Took it and they run with it. They took it and they run with it. They milked it for all that they got, son. And they went too far. What happened? Milk it fucking dry, son. <laughs> 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 so, but they, they, they were disappearances, though. Yeah, they were. <laughs> And this is what they took from it. They, they, they were kids getting yeah. killed, so then they put a ban on 
Yeah. This this well, is the 1950s. Well, gone mad, son. Yeah. He's a Corey, son. Let me tell him. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was another one. I haven't written it down. There's another tale that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and I, I'm just going to do this from memory. So uh, apologies for the uh, the crudeness of the story. But uh, it was a, a cave near Strinra in Scotland. And um, year, oh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, they were believed to be fairies living in this cave. And everyone was scared to go in there. They heard noises coming from there or whatever. Until one day, um, a minstrel uh, decided to go in there um, with his his, uh, his brown dog playing the bagpipes, a piper. Um, so he walked minstrel, through the cave. When you, when, you, when you said a minstrel, and I was thinking like... Um, a piper would be a better more of a bard again I or a bard a piper a bard either one um, you are. I like where you had Zucker. so he went in there playing his bagpipes walking through the cave uh, with his dog by his side and people could hear these bagpipes being played for, for like hours until suddenly the bagpipes stopped and then uh, shortly after, the dog just belts out of the cave with no hair on his body and just legs it past everyone. Right. And the the piper was never seen again. However, uh, to this day, if you go over those hills by where that cave was, um, you can still faintly hear the sound of bagpipes being played uh, through, like like they're being played in that cave by the piper. And that's the tale of the piper over there. It was near somewhere near Strenra, I think. But, oh, yeah. Uh, a creepy one. I, th- I found that one pretty funny. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't like. It's like why, why they take why they take the hair off the dog, hair of the dog. I don't know, but um. Hair of the dog. Is that where that's come from? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Hair of the doggo. There's someone in the comments below. Yeah. <laughs> hair of the doggo. It's a uh, cheap haircut, though. Why do you walk walking in that cave? We think, oh, I could do a bit of a tidy up. Walk in that cave, we come out of gone. Brilliant. <laughs> Not for the dog, of course, though. They'd be arrested yeah. if uh, if it was these days, wouldn't they? Those fairies. Oh God, I can't cut people's hair these days. No. You get a haircut job, yeah, it is. God, I need my. Hair hair. Boston, by the way. Oh. Everyone right? No, right? no. Heavily needs to be pruned. Uh, yeah. Have a haircut. February. Yeah. I got back in. When, when, when did you guys have a haircut last? Mine was February. January. Last year. I think January. mine was January. Yeah. Last year, probably for me. The way. Beards had a few yeah. trims, but the hairs, the fucking, just, it's like fucking super long. Could put it back in the top knot again. <laughs> I've gone for the Beatles vibe myself, son. Be honest, you. I am going to see how long my beard goes, grows until uh, the barber's open, though. I want to see how long I can get it, and I'll measure it, and that'll be the ample length, I think. Put straighteners on it, son. <laughs> I could. I don't. I don't know if it would like straighten it out anymore. To be honest, like if it would, because it's fairly straight as it is. Um, and go down to about. I don't know. There, I guess. Christ, yeah. another block of Sunlight City. Right. 
Aye. Um, but yeah, they are my they are my three main stories from the Celtic uh, myths and legends. I did want to leave this uh, sort of episode open to future ones, like we've done with um, like the paranormal one, with the unsolved mysteries one, and a couple of other topics we like to leave open for other weird other internet. Yeah, weird internet. Yeah, it's all those, all yeah. those episodes. Um, because could, could we possibly rebrand weird internet to just like uh, weird weird stuff, weird life, weird people weird life yeah, whatever you want start another series weird IRL weird IRL yeah oh, some shit like that I don't fucking know it's very 2020 it is <laughs> well it is weird anymore this is a new normal weird is the new normal oh but that phrase that phrase is the NWO I'm telling you sir. well the new normal the new normal yeah the new normal is the NWO the new world order I mean it literally is you know what, yep. what do you guys? What do you think of these uh, biblical acts that are currently happening across the world this year? Well, my, auntie, the Antichrist. my auntie's a born again. See, and um, it was my mother's fifth year, my mother's birthday. Sorry, uh, a couple of weeks before this whole uh, lockdown thing uh, started, and and um, she was net. My auntie was uh, always like switched on. You know, she always uh, she always used to like her like oh. uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff. And we were standing oh, outside yeah. the pub and. Um, yeah, she, she she started saying like you know there, there's fire, there's local, you know, and all this all this nonsense. Like I was like, oh yeah, you know, just thinking nothing of it. And now you mentioned these locusts coming. Yeah. Oh, so to sorry to fill people people in on what Tom's on about on the news today. Um, I noticed there was a story across Africa over heading over to India, so covering Pakistan and all that area. There's a mass plague of locusts that's just eating crops everywhere. Um, and that just adds to the sort of biblical year of 2020, where we've had forest fires and floods and. Do you know? Do you know what locusts are, though? Huh? Do you know what they are? They're like grasshoppers. They are actual, uh, <laughs> yeah, grasshoppers. They are actually <laughs> grasshoppers, and then they congregate. And when there's like uh, not enough food to go around, they generally change their own physiology, and they like everything changes about them. Like even the way they look, the way they act. And then they turn into locusts. Mad that is, isn't it? Under like an environmental condition, yeah, that is really crazy. Like, rate mad. How to adapt to your? Uh, it's an issue, is it? Yeah, yeah so they're talking a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Christ, I. Do you guys have any other um, tales or something you want to share? Or yeah, no, nah, man. I don't think I. I this is like uh, you know you want. I could talk about. Game of Thrones or Elder Scrolls or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about real life at all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we want to talk about the provinces of Daggerfall. We'll Dagos, Steve, like, yeah, the struggles, struggles of a millennial, is it, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> well, the trouble is, other worlds are far more interesting than our own. <laughs> <laughs> Not fucking wrong there. Speaking of that, has anyone actually seen um, uh, The Midnight Gospel that's on Netflix? I have not. I've not heard of that. Oh, keep an eye out for that one. It's, um... It's basically the next generation of podcasts. Just it's half hour episodes by the guy that done Adventure Time, uh, Duncan Trussell. I want to say his name is, but he basically hosts podcasts. But they to the like uh, there's like a cartoon going on in the background, and the cartoons like this is crazy fucking pink. Space ghost, ghost to course, is it? Huh? Space cast, <laughs> yes, yeah, space cast, and. Uh, yeah, there's like loads of crazy Pink Floyd shit going on in the background. The first one's about weed, which is, you know, give or take. 
second one I think is about death and all that and acceptance of death. It's it's really good though. It's really like um I don't know, the people he has on are really interesting. It's just feel good feel good show. It's good. That sounds very interesting. Like um speaking of shows, new shows I started watching. I started watching um Snowpiercer last night on Netflix. Is that the uh, Willy Wonka uh sequel? No. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Google it when, when we're off here. Google it. Yeah, yeah. A hard, harsh, gritty reboot of Willy Wonka, is it? You remember that movie? Yeah, on the on the train. Yeah, but it, apparently it's nothing like that movie. All oh, right, it's this TV show. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um, the first two episodes are put on Netflix on Sunday. Pretty good though. I enjoyed it. See where it goes. Like, keep up. Started watching Money Heist. It's shit. Oh Don't no. Don't Everyone's on the watch money ice, but don't watch it because their lips move different to what they talk in, and there. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't like it, Rich, because you have to read. <laughs> uh, God, it's like Prison Break for Spaniards. It's that kind of <laughs> club level television. You're gonna say spazzes? <laughs> no, no, oh, no. Prison Break is is for spazzes, like it is. <laughs> Absolute lowest common denominator shite. Um, yeah. First two seasons got I've them. seen every single episode though, or like fucking every season of fucking Prison Break and the re- and when they brought it back when it was in like Iraq or some shit. Oh, it was bad. So bad. What time for reading, guys? Yeah, HBO is free. I don't know who can get it in this country because uh, well you can if you got a VPN. <laughs> but HBO is free. Streaming, all the good quality shit. Get on there. Get on there. Right. Fabian Enthusiasm's on HBO. Exactly that. Before you went to Latte Larry, Sam, at the time of going to press? Uh, at the time of going to press, I am on the episode where the mink, the mink dress, the mink, uh, the oh, mink show. Oh, the type of the scarf, yeah. I used to look at <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Great, great series, great series, this one. Absolutely great, son. I fully encourage you uh, to watch it to the end so we can discuss further, perhaps, about it someday. Very oh, enjoyable. I will. 100%, 100%. Always coffee cups up there, Sam? No, I haven't seen the coffee cups. I've seen the urinal, but he's got the urinal where you you slide it up. Yeah, no defecating. No, no defecating. No, no defecating in his shop. That's it. You got it. You got it. Great show. Anyway, I think we'll bring this uh, this episode to a close now. And anyway, it's a shorter episode of what we normally do, especially the last one. The last one was very long, <laughs> so it's uh, kind of a nice break for us to have a, a shorter episode, I guess. Um, I guys, a pleasure. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening, and you know, come back next time. Um, I believe. Uh, what's the next episode on? Uh, we it's decided. The, uh, yeah. It's the. Uh, the Aris, is it? The... It depends. It depends what happens and what we're allowed to do. Where we can go. What happens? It's it's, it's up in the air at the moment. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to disclose. Okay. Yeah. We we shall keep that under wraps, but um, I will say that we do have a recap episode uh, coming at the end of this season, which isn't going to be the next one. It'll be the one after, um, whatever that may be. Recap episode. Uh, so that'll be cool. And I think, well, definitely the next time you see us, uh, Sean will be a daddy. So Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. I don't know if I'll be in the next cast or not. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but yeah. Cool times. Aye. So, Indeed. Uh, but yeah, so man, that's... <laughs> you can take my place I'll have a light down <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's a goodbye from the Steedcast hope you had fun listening and we'll uh, catch you next time